This morning, I want to share a message a little different than what we normally do, um, because uh, you're, normally this I usually we usually teach in series. You know, we have several weeks connected together. Today's standalone message. Uh, I had the opportunity of thinking through this and beginning to ask myself, what could I share at this point of the year that would be important to to remind us of some things. And so what I want to do is, uh, as I was reading scripture this past couple of weeks, thinking about this, I was reading through some of the, and I was, I was recognizing so much in the Old Testament and the New Testament that so often there's a lot of stuff about remembering, about looking back on things, how important it is to remember. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a, there's a book in the Old Testament called Deuteronomy. And if you have your Bibles this morning, you might want to take them and turn to Deuteronomy chapter eight. We're going to look at that this morning. The, the, the book of Deuteronomy, uh, it was written by Moses right before he died, uh, right before Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. And he said in this book of Deuteronomy, it's really about remembering, remembering what God has done. But the reason for remembering is so important. And as I was reading Deuteronomy 8 this past week, uh, this, this is the context. He was, it was right before the children of Israel went into the promised land. And they had been waiting for 400 years for this event. I've been going through a, knowing this was going to happen, uh, anticipating what was going to go on there. And right as they, right before they go across the border uh, and step into their future, um, God tells Moses to tell the people, I want you to remember certain things. He says this, he said, all the lessons of history are in the past. Um, all the opportunities are in the future. You can't learn anything about the future because you're not there yet. But you can learn some things from the past that's hugely important for you. So this is why I want you to do it. So I want to read this morning. This morning I want to just read a comment upon uh, what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8. The whole chapter I'm going to look at this morning real quickly. And then I want to talk about where we've been and where we're going as a church. Uh, where we've been in the last year and where we're going in the next year. This is kind of a vision casting message, a, a, a look forward, a look back. And, and, and I want to talk about that because I understand how important it is for us to grasp why we do what we do. We have a plan and a strategy and a purpose. God is a God is a God of, of order in, in, in our lives. And we need to order our lives in such a way, and we've been talking about this this, this whole last year, that we do it around what God wants us to do. So let's look at, if you have your Bibles, like I shared with you this morning, uh, I want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, the over in the Old Testament, near the beginning of, the, of Scripture. And I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. And I want to read and comment as I go through a few few verses here. A few of the verses will throw up on the screen. Verse 1 says, Be careful to obey all the commands that I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to your ancestors. And this is what he says in verse 2. This is the first. This is not the first time in Deuteronomy he says this, but the first time in this passage. He says, Remember. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. And then he says why he did that, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. God led him through the desert, through the wilderness. He says, remember that because the purpose of that, the purpose through all the, the ups and the downs and all the things that you went through in the last 40 years as they wandered around in the, in the wilderness was to do a couple of things. It was to humble them and to test them. Life, in a sense, is not only... It's, it's a test sometimes to see if we're going to trust in God and all the ups and downs. We've talked about this this year in lots of ways. And then in verse 3, he says a little bit more about this whole humbling process. He said, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. 
He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, but rather we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And then in verse 4 he says, for all these 40 years your clothes didn't wear out. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, for 40 years you wear the same clothes. No, you wouldn't think that's cool at all, would you? You know? 40 years you get to wear the same clothes. They never wear out. I mean, that was kind of a really cool thing. I don't know what it was made out of. You know, titanium or something. I don't know. But the issue is it was it was clothes that never wore out. He said, God did that. Not only did he give you food all the time, but he, he gave you indestructible clothes. Uh, for 40, I didn't think about that before. I thought that was a pretty cool thing that God did for them. And, and he says, and your feet didn't blister or swell. And that was a big deal too because all they did was walk. So all this time, God protected them in certain ways. He allowed them to go hungry for a period of time and then he fed them because he, once again, he was teaching them to humbly understand and, and trust in God. And then in verse 5, he says this. He says, think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child... The Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. He's going, you know, think of yourself as a child in God's sight. And as a good parent, doesn't just give their kids stuff, give their kids stuff, and give their kids stuff, unlike the American family so often we do. He, what we do, he said, they, the purpose of what we do is to discipline them, to help them to understand some things and to grow up in life. And then he says in verse 6, So, because of all these things, Obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a land, a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines and fig trees and pomegranates and olive oil and honey, all the good things that they were looking forward to. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. This is where we're going. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. And then as if God pauses there and he says this, when you have eaten your fill though, when you've had all these things and you're in this land of plenty, when you do all of this, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. And in verse 11 he says this, but that is the time to be careful. You know, when you have all the stuff in life, when everything is going well, he's saying when, when God is, you know, you're actually in the land that he's promised, he said, that's the time to be careful. Why? He says, beware that in your plenty that you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, his regulations and decrees that I'm going to give you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes and to live in, and when your flocks and your herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. I mean... This is a lesson for us today, folks. He's, he's saying, he's saying when we're going, things are going really well. Let me tell you something interesting this year. I love this year at Great Oaks. It's been a, it's been a blessing and a curse. I mean, uh, people are going like, man, this year at Great Oaks, we have had a really good year. I was talking to some different folks and staff people and, and, you know, and, and leaders and other folks and they're going like, this has been a really good year. We've gotten refocused. We're going to talk about what we did this year to help us do that. And, and we, we've got a little more outward focus this year. And he said, the thing is, uh, is that we went through kind of a lull before this year. We did. Because we kind of forgot some of the things that we had learned in the past. And we had to get back and remember some things that were vitally important to us. We had to revision. We had to go back to the basics of why God wanted us to do the things we wanted to do. Because when you're going through a time of, of th- you know, things are going well and you've grown up and the church has grown from, you know, nine years ago from 125, 130 people to around 600 now. You're thinking, oh, man, we're, not, we're doing great. God says, be careful. Be careful. 
Because that is the time you'll start patting yourself on the back and you're going to look at what we did. You know? And God said, that's not what I want you to learn. Do not be proud, verse 14. Do not be proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Verse 15, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He led, uh, fed you with manna in the wilderness. And he talks about it not being unknown. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. Verse 17, he did all this for you. All this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth and with my own strength and energy. And then verse 18, he comes back. Remember, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. And then he gives this warning in verse 19. But I assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you will also be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. When I look at this passage, it's relevant to our lives because it says some things to us. It says that we need to look back on a regular basis and to remember where the blessings came from. And particularly in times when things are going well, that is when we have to really, really, really be on guard. Because we tend to also often, you know, it's been said about us as Americans, as is part of the American church, that so often in the American church, what it is because we have, in a church like Great Oaks, we have so many good leaders. We have so many talented people. We have so many folks that have so much ability that so often we could do church for a long time. The Holy Spirit not even be president. We wouldn't even notice because we could be successful to a certain degree. And that's not why we're here. We're here to understand that God, and this is what we've been focusing on this year, what is God's basic plans for us as believers and for us as a church? And I think the thing that's really made the impact this year in the life of Great Oaks and, and will continue to make an impact is to get back to the basic things that God has told us to do. And so what I want to do for the remainder of time, which is not going to be a lot of time this morning, I want to spend a few moments talking about where we've been and where we're going and why we're doing this because it's really Part of what we spent, leadership and myself and leadership have spent uh, several months, uh, about a year ago, going through a process. And then we began last fall, last September, of going back to the things that were fo- we focused upon when we first started this church. And so I want you to remind you, I don't know if you remember, if you looked up here on this and you, you recognize this, this goes from where we were in September to where we just finished up last month. This are all the series, and they all had a purpose. And they all had a plan. Back last September, we did a, we did a, a series called Love is a Verb. And Love is a Verb was a series where we went back to the very basic purpose of what the church is from the great commandment. Love God. It says, Jesus, uh, someone asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment of all? And he says, the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, there's, and secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. They go together, hand in hand. And so when we began last year in September, we started back at the very basis of where we were. That that the most important thing that we can do, if you want to know, if you want to narrow down all of Christianity and all of why we exist as a church into into one sentence or just a phrase is love God, love people. Love God, love people. If you notice when you came in the lobby this morning, the poster's out on the wall. That's our basic thing. If you want to know what Great Oaks is about, what what God is, is all about in regard to our lives, love God. 
love people. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Well, it's a little bit more involved than that. What does it mean to love God and love people? What we're doing now, we're in a process, about a two-year process of fleshing that out in a real way. And we're not quite through there, if you notice. We're about nine months into the process. So following that series, back in September, in October and November, we did a series called The Pursuit of Happiness. And the pursuit of happiness is when we looked at the Beatitudes in Scripture, as we looked at a section of Scripture that's sometimes called Blessed is the Person Who Does This. So you remember that series? And if you weren't here, you go back and we have podcasts, I think, of all those series online as well. And we talked about the reason we looked at that series and the reason that was strategic at that point in time is that so often the reason that we don't love God and love people is because we think our happiness comes from a place that it doesn't come from. And when we're focused upon ourselves... We can't fully love God and love people. And the Beatitudes really deal with this whole thing of, and if we, as we, as we fleshed out for those several weeks, as we fleshed out this whole thing of, of loving God and loving people and talking about the pursuit of happiness and looked at the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 verses 1 through 12, we realize that there's this principle called the paradox principle, which means if you really want to be happy, you have to, to live, you have to die to yourself. That the Christian life is not about getting more stuff and getting more stuff. It's about learning that the really our joy, our peace, everything that happens in life that's really important is we have to die to ourselves. We have to allow God to fill up our life and empty ourselves of who we are. That's what the Beatitudes are really all about as we looked at them. And so we had to build some foundational things and ask, what are some of the clutter in our life that if we're going to love God and love people, What are some clutter in our life that will cause us to to hinder us from loving God and loving people? And the first thing is the attitude we have toward what really makes us happy in life. And so we spent several weeks talking about that. And then following that up, we had a a, a series during Christmas last year called Unwrapping Christmas. And and, uh, a really interesting series because we went back to a passage of Scripture in 1 John that talked about uh, this thing of, of what it means to love. It actually, uh, John 4, 19 says we love because he first loved us. That was the key verse that kind of keyed us there. But in 1 John chapter 4, we read these verses. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. It's that the source, if we're going to love people, we don't, can't be all proud and think, oh, remember, we empty ourselves of ourselves, the paradox principle. Now we've got to understand that if we really want to love people and love God the way that, that God wants us to, That God is going to give us that ability. God is the source of love. And we began to learn during that series, we talked about how do we, how do we connect with that source and what does it mean in our life to love and realize that God is the source of love and how do we plug into the source of God's love? Because in John 13, 34, we read these verses, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And strategically then at that point, we're talking about it. This was building on some things that were, that we've already began to talk about it. All going back to the very beginning of what it means to love God and love people. But we weren't finished yet because then when we got to the first of the year, we started this series called Oasis. And Oasis, if you remember that, it was a series about the connection, the connection between our, our, our emotional maturity and our spiritual health. It was a series that many of you said was the first time you've ever encountered some of the principles that we talked about there. The issue is this, is that you cannot love God and you cannot love people if you are emotionally immature. Because guess what an emotionally immature person's focus is? 
Just guess. Anybody want to take a guess? Self. A sign of of an emotionally immature person is all they can talk about is me, me, me. It's all about us. And for us to get past and really love God and love people the way God wants us to love God and love people, we have to understand and, and wrestle with some questions in our lives, questions like, why do I try to ignore the emotions in my life of anger and sadness and fear? Or, or, or uh, how does culture, why does culture have such a powerful influence on me? We talked about all these things during that series. Uh, can, can I live without limits? Or why do I uh, live life without limits, trying to do all everything? I mean, do we have to have limits? Yeah. Because God never told us to do everything. He just told us to do the most important things. And so we spent several weeks fleshing out this whole tie between the emotional baggage in our life and emotional immaturity and what it means to be emotionally mature because it ties in directly to the ability to love other people and to love God. Because if you're emotionally immature, guess what? You will be focused on yourself. And some of us think, you know, that we kind of compartmentalize life. We think, oh, here's my emotional life, and here's my spiritual life, and here's my work life. No, it's all part of a, it's a, part of a system. Scripture says that very clearly. And so we talked about that for, for several weeks. And then we went to a series which was a little more practical-oriented, and a lot of you got all pumped about it, and I think it's great, a series called Outflow. And outflow was really dealing with this thing. It came out of uh, the, the focus verse was Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when it says, But when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. And when you do that, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and every part of the world. And so it's, it was this whole thing about, okay, you know, we've talked about getting all rid of all the baggage in our life and, 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 and what it means to be happy and all these other things. But now what we need to talk about is when that happens in our life, and when God's Spirit comes into us and, it, and, and He calls us to love God and love people, how do we do that in practical ways? And so we spent several weeks talking about that God has given us a strategy to love people and He's given us the power to love people. And we do it in tangible ways. And He says we do it in ever-increasing circles. We start where we are. We start in, in our home. And we start in our, then we go to our community. And then we go to the world around us. And we go to the larger world. And we talked about that, and, and, I, and I'm excited that many people really grasp the vision of what that means in their life, and they begin to take some very tangible steps to ask some questions about what does it mean for me. And so, once again, it's, it's tied in with loving God and loving people. And then finally, we just finished up a series last week called Kazon. And Kazon uh, comes out of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. The key verse was, where there is no vision, the people per- perish and that word, uh, the word, the, the English word vision is the Hebrew word kazon. And it means this thing. It means this vision, uh, this uh, dream, a revelation that God has for our life, that God has a purpose and a plan and a vision for your life and for my life specifically. And together he has a purpose and a vision. And if we're really going to love God, if we're really going to love people, and we're going to understand what that means, we have to discover in our life what our kazon is. God's plan, God's purpose. And, and we fleshed out for five weeks, we talked about how to do that. We talked about that there's some core values. Chris talked about that one week, the core values that you have to understand. What are your core values? And then I shared with you some things about spiritual gifts, that God has given us some spiritual gifts. And then another thing is we need to look at our past experiences and looking at all those things together, it begins to help us to deal with some things in life to understand how God 
shaped us in a sense so that we can be and understand our kazon, God's vision, God's plan for our life. And in the context of that, it goes back to we need to understand it because God doesn't want us to do, once again, do everything. He wants us to do the main things that he designed you for. So in your way of loving God and loving people, you need to understand your kazon because you, that narrows the focus of your life in such a way that you can be more effective and be more fulfilled in life. Now, that's where we are now, okay? But we haven't finished yet. Because out of that, I, I challenged you last week, and I'll encourage you again to do something. Go to the next slide here. The next slide. You know, we, I said there's, there's a way of beginning to discover what this, what this means specifically in your life. As you look at your spiritual gifts, your core values, as you look at your um, uh, past experiences and you tie them all together, it begins to shape and understand some things about why God shaped you the way you are. But there's five areas of life we're going to talk about this next year. Five areas of life. That we need to begin to take steps in that it's part of your kazon, that, that God wants to work in your life. And so this next year, what we're going to do for the remainder from now, or actually starting in July, through the remainder of this time next year, is we're going to spend most of our time focusing on these five, what we call the five spokes. Now, you can go to www.kazon.com and begin, I shared with you last week, begin to discover this in your, your own self. You can, there's a way, a process there, and it's going to take several hours, and so you don't have to all do it in one day. My challenge was to do it, make a commitment to do it this summer. How about let's do it in July, okay? By the end of July, let's do that. Go to that site and begin the process. First of all, it'll ask you some questions to discover your core values, your spiritual gifts, and your past experiences. And then it'll help you to understand how that works together to discover the sweet spot in your life where God wants you to be, where your kazone is. But out of that will come you beginning to ask yourself a question. Okay, what is my purpose? And if I could write it in one statement, what would be my purpose statement for me in life based upon God's plan for my life? But out of that, there's going to come some specifics, and we're going to be talking in that site. There's a thing where you can actually begin to look at five areas of life. And these five areas that are up here is your relationship with God, your relationship with people, your financial life, your physical life, and your work life. And in every one of those areas, God has a next step for you. We're always talking about at Great Oaks. Take your next step. If you want to look at the end picture, it would just terrify you, the big picture. But God says, no, take it in small chunks, one step at a time. And so I would encourage you to go to the side and begin to look at that personally. But what we're going to do as a church in this coming year, starting in, starting in July, is we're going to begin to work on and help you to see what it means to, to develop some of these areas. In, in July, what I'm, we're going to do is uh, through the month of July and August, we're going to look through the first few chapters of the book of Acts. You know what the first, first few chapters of the books of Acts is all about? It's about a church that God, I mean, it's just about the most amazing church, about the most amazing group of people that I've ever seen in my life. It's a church that I've never truly, fully experienced. And church is not about a building, right? It's people. It's really about this whole area of our relationship with people. It's about how Christians are to relate to each other based upon you know, their kazone and how God works in that. And that's what the first few chapters, we're going to flesh out and look at that, how people relate to one another. It'll help us to understand how should I relate to my brother and sister in Christ? 
and then relate to the world out of that. So we're going to spend time talking about that and through that as well as you discover your own specific zone for your life. What we want to do is help you to get a picture of what God wants to do and what it looks like when we operate out of God's plan for our relationships with each other. So we'll be fleshing that, that one area out then. This fall, this fall, we're going to do something uh, in, in a very big way here at Great Oaks, uh, and we're going to call it Project Freedom. I think we have a, yeah, there we go, we got the logo. Project Freedom. Project Freedom is going to be a two-pronged thing. The first thing we're going to do on Sunday mornings is through the months of, of mid-September, I think, through the end of November, or sometime along there, eight weeks somewhere along in there, we're gonna, we're gonna look at the book of the, the New Testament book of Galatians. We're gonna go through that book and we're gonna talk about the principles of what does it mean to be free in Christ? And what are the things that God wants us to do to free us up so that we can be free and not, not feel like we're just totally bound by so many things in life? We're gonna talk about that. But one of the specific areas, if you'll notice up here, up, go back, go back one slide. Just go back with, there we go. One of the specific areas up here is your financial life. Let me ask you a question. How important is, us, is it to your life to manage your finances as well? Let me ask you another question. Do you have, ever have any stress in regard to finances? Any stress? No stress whatsoever. No, if you're totally stress-free in regard to finances, maybe you need to teach uh, during this time. But what we're going to do and what our leadership has already done, a core group of leaders from the church, has spent, we spent several weeks back uh, in January, February, and March, I guess that was when we did it, uh, we went through something called Financial Peace University. Most of you have heard of Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's become an outstanding spokesperson for some principles. And, and people that don't even go to church know who Dave Ramsey is. And so what we're going to do in this fall, along with, along with the study of Galatians on Sunday morning, is that we're going to basically not have any of the other regular small groups that we have going on during the year, but we're encouraged small groups to come together either on Sunday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, or no, evening, evening, excuse me, what's the other time? Wednesday. And Wednesday evening. We have three options. And we're going to do a large group. Small group. I don't know what you call it. Anyway, but we're going to go through, and I think we've narrowed it down, not taking the whole 13 weeks, in like 10 weeks, of Financial Peace University. And we want everybody in the church to go through it. Because let me explain something to you. We believe, and we've seen this happen in other churches that have done this, that when people get their financial house in order, when they reduce the stress, it does a whole bunch of things. Number one, it frees us up to, to not live life in stress all the time financially. It allows us to be generous people the way God wants us to be. And it may even save some marriages. Because the number one reason most people have stress in marriage has to do with finances. Number one cause in America for most divorces is is this whole thing of of just that. And we believe that God can use it. And so we're going to do it and have these different times and, and do it. And one of the times on two, is it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Wednesday night is over at Wednesday night is going to be over at Monte Cristo room. It's going to be off campus here. And so that way folks from the community, we're inviting folks from other, every place in the community to be a part of this as well. So it's not just a church event. It's something we believe that it would affect. If Germantown Hills and Metamora and Washington and East Peoria and all the places our folks come from, you know, if every person would understand and live by biblical principles of stewardship 
of managing their money in a biblical way, it, it would make a huge difference in their lives. Not only personally, but community-wise as well. So that's kind of the plan that we have. Now, I want to say beyond that, we're going to have in, in January, we haven't defilished this totally out yet, but we're going to do something to do with health and nutrition in January. Because guess why? What does everybody think about in January every year? New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this. And so we're going to help you biblically to understand that God has this, has a lot of information in scripture about what we call temple maintenance. He says your body is a temple of God and you're to maintain it and not destroy it. And so we're going to have, I don't know, I think it's going to be a fun thing we're going to do next year with that. Uh, we've got some ideas about what to do and we're going to do some teaching on it to start in January and it may be something we last all year long. I don't know. We'll see in regard to that. But we're fleshing it out. But what I want to share with you is this. It's next, this coming year. What our plan is, is to continue this process of asking ourselves the important questions of what does it mean to be a person who loves God and loves people? And what does it mean in my regard to my relationships with God, my relationships with people, my financial life, my health, and my work life? And we're going to try to help you to see that as we approach Scripture and look at Scripture and see what it has to say to us. Because Scripture has to deal, deals with all these things in a big way. These are huge issues in Scripture. And so in doing that, my vision, and I think God's vision for this, is that we become more, more effective and more focused individually and as a church. And then by the end of, of this, and as we continue to grow individually and as a church, we begin to love God and love people in a way that we've never loved God and never loved people before. And we express that in tangible ways through incredible generosity and through, and through just time with God that just makes a difference in our lives. And that, that this coming year would be maybe one of the best years that you've ever experienced in your walk with God. Because I believe that God's word is very practical. And it helps us to guide us and help us to know where we need to be. So that's this message this morning, okay? Um, not real evangelistic or you know, or anything like that. It's basically, uh, this is this is where we've been. This is why we've been there. We've remembered, just like it says in Deuteronomy, this is where we're going. Not knowing exactly how God's going to f- work through all this, but this is the plan for what God has before us. I hope as you listen to it this morning, you're going like, wow, I want to I be a part of that. Well, how to be a become and begin to do your homework for this is go to www.kazone.com and begin to work on your own personal plan for your life. And then you'll begin to see during the year to tweak that and to work on it because we're going to help you to flesh that out even more fully. Because God has a plan, a wonderful plan for your life. And if you don't do God's plan for your life, somebody else will make up a plan and it won't be the right one. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakcc.org.